Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. And right now we are going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by Major League Baseball writer for ESPN.com. He is Bradford Doolittle joining us here on the show. Brad, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? Doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. So I wanted to get your early, I guess not even early anymore, your impression of the Cardinals as we hit the 60-game mark in this season is this pretty much what you were expecting? I remember talking to you before the season and it feels kind of like this would have been where you would have projected them. Yeah, I guess if you do take a step back and just look at their record and how they performed against preseason expectation, not only the Cardinals, but really the whole NL central has kind of played out the way that it looked like, you know, they're a little over 500 and, you know, everything is still on the table for them, but you know, like, Many teams around baseball, they got an avalanche of injuries to deal with, but they look like they're part of what is going to be at least a three and possibly four-team race that's going to uh, you know, unfold gradually over the summer. Bradford, you mentioned the injuries for the Cardinals, and they're really starting to mount up specifically on the pitching side when you look at Jack Flaherty, KK, who just went down in the bullpen that has just been decimated. And a lot of people in St. Louis are talking about a possible trade for John Mozeliak. I, I just don't know teams that are out there willing to make moves in June. What do you think about a trade possibility for the Cardinals at this point? Yeah, I just think right now the landscape is really tough to be able to pull off anything that's going to get people <laughs> excited. You know, the part of the problem is there are so many teams that are still um, not kind of in that middle class between not clearly a seller, not clearly a buyer, and so the teams that are clearly sellers, you know, the Orioles, the Tigers, teams like that, um, they have to kind of wait around and see how this market's going to develop. They're not going to you, – you would have to overwhelm a team with an offer at this point, this early in the process, and that would mean moving a, you know, a, a pretty high-level prospect of the sort that the Cardinals really have been reticent to move over the years. So, you know, I think right now – they're just kind of looking at trying to muddle through until they get healthier, hoping to, you know, they really need to stay active on the waiver wire and, and then just try to piece it together until everything comes back together. So I guess here's a follow-up question on that for you, Brad. Like if you're the Cardinals and the Texas Rangers answered the phone and they said, you know what, we, we're interested in doing a deal now, but it's going to cost you a little bit more. And we'll give you Kyle Gibson. And I, I don't know what the package would look like because Gibson's had a really good year. Um, I believe he has one more year left on his deal. So it, it, it'd probably be pricey. 
Is it more valuable for the Cardinals, given their injury situation right now, to deal for a guy like that now than it would be to maybe wait to see if a guy like Max Scherzer, for example, would become available closer to the deadline? Well, I mean, I would think that for the Cardinals, you would be willing to up the ante a little bit if you can swing a deal right now, because right now is when you have the need. Now, of course, they have a better feel for what the real timeline is for a Flaherty or or for a, a Mikolos. But um, if you're going to try, if, if you're going to be able to bring in a, a guy like Gibson, who is really on top of his game right now, then you're going to have to get into the top 10 of your prospect list. And that's, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of beyond where a lot of teams have been willing to go near the trade deadline now. So if you do it now, then you're talking about June, July, August, September. That's quite a bit of value that you can get out of that player. So maybe you can do that. Um, whereas if you're waiting around for a guy like Scherzer, if that were to happen, that's probably not going to be until right at the trade deadline. And by then the Cardinals may, may be on the verge of getting healthy with the rotation. How competitive do you think that trade deadline is going to be this year? Because, of course, last year it was such a weird year. More teams got into the playoffs. But for how close divisions are, I mean, could this be even more competitive? Yeah, you know, I don't know. It seems like more than ever teams are really reticent at trading impact prospects, which means that the caliber of rental-type players that can really impact the pennant race um, just is never as exciting as you think it's going to be. You know, the, the rumor to, to, to reality ratio is uh, pretty overwhelming on the side of rumor these days. So, you know, I definitely see a lot of good players that should be moved in sort of a traditional deadline context. I keep focusing on John Means of the Orioles as the kind of guy that could really help a contender over the last couple of months and in, is on a team that isn't going to win in the next couple of years and they need to, to sell high in them right now. But, you know, the last couple of years, there just haven't many been many deals at that level that have, have gotten done. So we'll have to see, um, you know, with the, the draft timing of the draft changing this year, you know, a lot of people are talking about maybe there will be some earlier activity because teams have, aren't completely invested with focusing the resources on the draft. So we'll see. Um, but right now, you know, expectations for excitement around the deadline, I, the, the last few years have just conditioned me to, to think that's really not going to be what is the, you know, the tipping point for the season. We're talking to Bradford Doolittle of ESPN.com here on 101 ESPN. Bradford, what are the teams that, I, I got to be honest, before the season I expected to be a seller once we got to the deadline was the Chicago Cubs. And now it feels like they're anything but. If they're going to do anything, I would imagine it would be buying as they're tied for first place in the division. The bullpen has been outstanding for them. Chris Bryant's having a career resurgence. Is this team for real? Are, are they going to be hanging around the top of the division all year long, in your opinion? Well, I, I think so. I mean, I had them pegged for somewhere in the 85 to 90 win range, and I think they clearly have the talent level for that. Um, the bullpen has really been the surprising part of that club. It's not that I thought they were going to have a, a terrible bullpen, but it's turned out to be one of the strongest, if not the strongest groups in the league. And that's really helped to shore up some of the shortcomings with their rotation that, you know, kind of like the Cardinals is, is heavy on contact pitching in a, you know, in a 2021 context. And they've been able to piece it together with decent team defense and a great bullpen and an offense that 
see, you can call it resurgent in terms of how bad they were early in the season, but really it's kind of a return to form when you look at the, the talent level of their core position players. They've really kind of gotten back to where they were a couple of years ago, and I don't see any obvious reasons why they would fall off or get into that seller status around the deadline. I think they will be adding when we get to the end of July. So what happens then with those upcoming free agents in Bradford and talking about Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez? I think that they're going to make an effort to resign one or two of them. I think Rizzo and Baez especially um, will get competitive offers from the Cubs, and we'll see how badly they, they want to stay. But in terms of just because you're worried about losing them, so you're going to take whatever you can uh, in a deadline deal, especially when you're part of the playoff race, I just can't see that playing well in Chicago. Um, I can't see it really even playing well with, with the, the owners there, even though they are uh, become increasingly budget conscious or at least temporarily budget conscious. I mean, if you have a team that is one of the highest revenue producing teams in the major leagues that's in contention and you've got a ballpark that is jam packed after, you know, what's ha- what's taken place everywhere over the last year plus, you can't just sell off your best player, two or three best players. I just cannot see that happening. And so if you have to head into free agency and just, you know, deal with whatever ever compensation that you get if they walk, then then you just have to live with that. Final question that I've got for you. We're talking to Bradford Doolittle. You can find his work over at ESPN.com. He writes about baseball over there. You had a great piece that went up earlier today on the Tampa Bay Rays and why, despite the fact that they're 30th in baseball in attendance over the last 13 years and 30th in payroll on opening day on average over the last 13 years, they're fifth in wins over that span. People should go read this piece. It's excellent, Bradford. But I am curious as kind of a a follow-up question to your piece. uh, Your your title of it was why your favorite team can't be more like the Tampa Bay Rays. Do I want my favorite team to be like the Tampa Bay Rays, Bradford? Because it's great to win, of course. But there are some pitfalls to it, in my opinion, with the lack of star players that can actually consistently be a part of your team. Is that fair? Yeah, that's absolutely fair. And, you know, part of what I was trying to convey – along with just the fact that there isn't like one way to really pin down why the Rays are able to succeed the way that they do. But in a large part, it is because they are so constrained in terms of budget. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're the Yankees or even the Cardinals, you know, you can't really get away with constantly um, changing out your roster, the best players on your roster to bring in younger, cheaper options and, you know, and try to get by with a $50 million payroll. It's, I mean, it's just not going to play well in the market. You know, it's, it's, you know, you, if you can afford to keep a, a core of, of recognizable players for your fans to invest in, then you got to do that. Well, with the Rays, they're, they're a team that averages at, you know, 10 to 15,000 in attendance most years. And, you know, they do have a good fan base. They have solid TV ratings and, you know, in their, in their region, but they're just, sort of a unicorn and and really in the entire professional sports place. There are definitely things about the way that they go about winning efficiently that other teams can look at and figure out how to incorporate their processes. But I don't think there's any way that any other team in the major leagues, except for possibly the Oakland athletics can really try to mimic the totality of, of the way that the Rays go about winning. 
It's a great piece. People should check it out. It's over at ESPN.com right now. I highly recommend it. It's, it's inter- interesting on how the Rays became what they have been over the last decade plus. Bradford, we always appreciate the time, man. All, uh, all the best to you and yours, and we'll hopefully talk with you again soon as we get uh, closer to the deadline. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on. You got it. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.